Welcome to Wikipedia Radio. Wikipedia Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted fully embodies this verse as they aid and equip some of the most precious of the household of faith in Nigeria. They give physical aid, spiritual training, set up alarm towers to alert of dangerous invasions. They build schools and orphanages in Nigeria. If there is a need for persecuted Christians in Nigeria, equipping the persecuted meets it. You can partner with this worthwhile mission and find out more at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and in today's episode of Wikipedia Radio, we have an important one for you as we are going to answer the question, is social justice the biblical gospel or a counterfeit? I'm excited to dive into this one. Like always, though, I'm joined by Kyle Witt and Pastor Micah Sample. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing good, Sam, and it's always a pleasure to be on here on Wikipedia Radio. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one here today, especially with what we're going to be going over. This is an important topic. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Pastor Sam. How about yourself? I am doing well. Have you guys been enjoying the, the heat? Well, I got to ask here, Kyle, what, what is the temperature like over in, in your neck of the woods? Because you're a little bit north left of where we are. Uh, you know, I'm not very good at those north, south, east, west things, so I think it's northwest. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what's what's the temperature that would like be over west. there? Uh, we just popped into the 90s, and we're going to stay that way pretty much all summer. Well, so it's it's warm here now. I I am actually glad to hear that because I was just going to complain about how it was in the 90s here. And misery loves company, <laughs> so I'm glad that you're miserable with us. So that is uh, that is nice, and of course. Uh, Micah, you're in the same neck of the woods that I'm in, so you're like me, sweating and trying to avoid the sun, being a redhead. Uh, you been doing that? Yep. Good. Yes, sir. Uh, as one of the uh, sun-challenged people, I've got to get out of the sun when it gets this hot. And uh, yeah, you know what? My wife told me to water the plant earlier, and uh, it was looking a little dry. So I think that heat is definitely getting to us out here. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, it makes me glad whenever it gets this hot that I'm not going to hell. That's for sure. That's what it makes me glad for, uh, for the blood of Jesus Christ, that we don't have to spend an eternity where it is warm. But before we get into our main topic about social justice, if it's the real or counterfeit gospel, we've got a message for you, a special message from a special guest from Kevin Sorbo. Hi, this is Kevin Sorbo, and I want to introduce you to Equipping the Persecuted and their important work in Nigeria. The mission of Equipping the Persecuted is, as the name states, to equip our brothers and sisters in any way that we can. People in Nigeria are suffering at the hand of terrorists for their faith in Jesus. Sadly, very little is being done to create a lasting solution. That's where we step in. Our goal is to protect, rebuild, and strengthen families in both body and spirit. We are prepared with the resources necessary to respond after an attack. We provide medical aid, food, and a team to pray and comfort victims. Our persecuted brothers and sisters need your help. Take action today with a monthly gift of $20 or more at equippingthepersecuted.org. That's equippingthepersecuted.org. Thank you for your time, and God bless. All right. Well, Kyle, what do you think about that? Hercules himself is endorsing equipping oh, yeah. the persecuted. Do you think people should go and uh, 
you know, join in with Hercules? Well, I think it's a what equipping the persecuting doing is a Herculean effort. So, yes, <laughs> we don't just need that Hercules. We need the Hercules of faith, which is all of your faith. So join equipping the persecuted and help the persecuted Christians in Nigeria. Absolutely. And, you know, it is such a, a an important uh, mission and ministry that's over there. Um, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and they relayed something that our good friend, uh, Trevor Loudon, I'll call him Kevin Loudon for some reason, but Trevor Loudon uh, said, <laughs> and uh, th th that is, you know, we've got people who are going outside basically and jumping up to try to get caught up in the rapture. And by the way, I'm pre-trib. I'll, I'll be honest, guys, I'm pre-trib. Uh, but they're com complaining because they want the rapture to come and they just want to get out of the tough times right now while there are uh, Christians in Nigeria and in the Middle East who are just uh, going and expecting to die for their faith because they truly do believe in Jesus Christ. And it really did hit me hard mm -hmm. to realize, man, we need to have a better perspective of how serious our faith is. We do need to have that Herculean effort, just like you were talking mm. about there. Uh, but where can people find out more about equipping the persecuted, Kyle? Where can people find out more about Equipping the Persecuted? They can go to equippingthepersecuted.org, equippingthepersecuted.org. And if you're sick of hearing us say that, well, you're going to hear it a lot more because this is an important, well, it's an important website for an important ministry, and we want you to go visit it. That is true. And, and you know, you're probably going to hear a whole <laughs> lot more about it, too, uh, because I, I constantly say the wrong dot org or dot com or something like that. So you're probably going to hear a whole lot more of it so that I can learn, but it is equipping the persecuted dot org. And, and you can email them at equipping the persecuted at gmail.com. Uh, Faith would love to hear from you. And so go ahead and drop them an email, tell them what a great job they're doing and see how you can get involved. And of course, donate today. Well, guys, I think that uh, ends it for our, our first segment here before we really get into it. So uh, hang with us. We'll be right back. Nigerian Christians are being driven from their home and killed. As radical Islam encroaches from the north, Christians are being persecuted on a daily basis, forced from their homes and put into camps. Equipping the persecuted delivers food, medicine, and critical aid after these attacks. They provide support for widows and orphans of murdered Christians. Make a contribution of $19 per month or more at equippingthepersecuted.org. Make a difference in the life of a persecuted Christian in Nigeria. Welcome back, and thanks for staying with us here. Uh, the book of Jude tells us that we are to contend for the faith because certain men have crept in unnoticed. Well, there is a team of godly men who have taken notice of what is happening and how the woke have infiltrated the church, and they have decided to expose them by making a documentary that presents the real gospel of the kingdom and not the fake social justice gospel. You can watch that documentary and find what to do at enemieswithinthechurch.com. Once again, that's enemieswithinthechurch.com. Now, of course, uh, Micah, you and Kyle have both been involved in this Enemies in the Church. Both of you guys are in this, and you guys know a thing or two about the fake social justice gospel. Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we go and we dive into that, we first need to find out what the woke have been up to. So, Micah, 
What has been going on this week in wokeness? Well, Pastor Sam, this week in the world of wokeness, we have a couple of different things going on. One of them involves an organization named Crew. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, Crew is actually um, the name, the current name of the formerly uh, Campus Crusade for Christ organization. And they had an organization under them, an institution called the Lenses Institute. And what the Lenses Institute was, was it was a training uh, organization for people who were going to be involved with crew. Now, this Lenses Institute was pro-critical race theory. It was leftist. It was social justice oriented. And we'll talk about what that means here. And it was directed by crew. And it was supposed to have been shut down only in North America. But despite what is being said about that, crew has reimagined the lenses Institute as the Lenses Group. Now, what's come out this week in Wokeness is that they lied about their leadership's involvement in shutting down the Lenses Institute in North America. So why would they lie about that? Well, it seems to me that the leadership doesn't want to take ownership for the mistakes that were made because there's a lot of pushback against the social justice agenda. Now, the other thing that's going on in crew is we've got athletes in action uh, promoting leftist social justice resources. I'm talking The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby, the very book Woke Church by Eric Mason, and the 1619 podcast of the 1619 Project. So all of that is going on in the crew organization. Very sad to see. The other thing I want to talk about briefly is the Church of England. They're officially on the woke train. Uh, in fact, they can't even define what a man or a woman is. And given Matt Walsh's recent documentary, that seems to be very, very relevant to us today. This came out this week that they officially do not have a definition for male or female. They're also, declare, uh, they're also considering declaring themselves homophobic. Now, they've already declared themselves to be racists, bowing to the CRT movement, but they're also going and bowing to the LGBTQ sodomite mob, which is why the Church of England has sanctioned flying pride flags in churches. Now, more than that, the Episcopal Church, which is tied to the Anglican Communion of Churches, which affirms abortion, by the way, is now saying that pr crisis pregnancy centers are officially condemned. There's a lot of stuff that's going on this week in wokeness, and it's bothering me, Pastor Sam. Well, thank you for that, Micah. Now, you if you are seeing woke things that are happening all around you, you can contact us at contactwokepedia at gmail.com. Now, once again, that's contactwokepedia at gmail.com, W-O-K-E-P-E-D-I-A at gmail.com. But now to the question of our show today. Is social justice the biblical gospel, or is it a counterfeit? Now, of course, to spot a counterfeit, you have to be studied in the real deal. You have to know what the authentic thing is. When they go and they train people to find counterfeit dollar bills, well, probably not dollar bills, probably $100 bills or 20s or whatever it might be, they don't go and study the counterfeits. They actually go and study the real deal so that they can know what it feels like, know what it smells like, 
know everything about it, where every detail is. And so to start off today, we're going to look at the real gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. We see here in this passage the real biblical gospel. The Bible isn't silent on this issue. We know what the gospel is. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. And it starts off that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Now, what is sin? He died for a specific purpose, this sin. But what is sin? The Bible tells us it is transgression against the law. Every one of us have gone and we have sinned. We have gone against God's holy standard, which comes from his character. We have violated his character, broken his law. And that's a big problem because in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. We all deserve an eternity in hell forever because we have violated this and God is a holy and just God. Now it goes on and it says, and he was buried. Now this is important. This is actually the, the, the first apologetic of the gospel is that Christ actually dead. It's given, actually died. It's that there was proof that Christ died and he was uh, dead for three days. Now, fortunately, it doesn't end there. If it ended there, we would, be, we would have no hope as Christians. But he rose again on the third day. He rose again, defeating sin and death for us, providing a way out of hell and, of course, into heaven through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave. It tells us in Hebrews 9.22 that according to the law, almost all things are purified by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness from sins. Someone had to die, and that someone was the perfect spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And we can do what it says in Romans 10.9. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. And it gives us a promise a few verses down in Romans 10, 13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it continues on. It says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus, he lived a perfect life because he is 100% God, 100% man, and he is the only one who could be the propitiation, the substitute for us. He took the penalty for us. He's the only one that could do it. That is the real gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in in this, Kyle, who is the oppressed figure in the real gospel? Who's the oppressed figure in the real gospel? Well, the only person you could call oppressed is the pre-triumphant Christ. That's right. The one who was unjustly put to death 
the mm-hmm. righteous Christ for the unrighteous sinner. Absolutely. Now, this kind of brings up an awkward question because in the social justice gospel, who's the oppressed figure? Us. To them, it's it's humans. Humans are oppressed. And not just are humans oppressed, but certain humans are more oppressed than others. And if you want to know who is more oppressed than others, you need to get out your spreadsheet and enter in all of your uh, intersectional points to figure out where you fit in the hierarchy of oppression. Now explain this whole intersectional points that you just pointed out, because I mean, th- this is this is incredible what you're talking about. Like you said, you need a spreadsheet for this. Can you give us some examples? <laughs> well, the types of things they're talking about are if you're a woman, despite any experiences of oppression, just by nature of being a woman, you are oppressed. Now, if you're also a woman who happens to be uh have darker skin you're now more oppressed than a woman with lighter skin than you and again that goes into a whole spectrum until you get to someone who's sub-saharan african uh in the united states an african-american of you know the darkest skin tone you're now the most oppressed in that spectrum. But then you have sexual, quote, sexual minorities. And if you are gay, you're more oppressed. But if you're trans, you're even more oppressed. So you you have to put all of these together and that defines how oppressed you are. Now, my question is, if you have six oppressions and someone else has six oppressions, how do you figure out whose six are more valid and more oppressive than the other? And in that relationship, one of them is the automatically an oppressor of the other. And how does that work? They don't even know. I, I think that's where they give each other toothpicks and they have to, you know, see who can win in the fight or something like that. But uh, what, <laughs> what, I, what, what I'm getting from what you're saying is, is that I would not do very well on the, intersectionality scale in fact uh none of us would because yeah no uh, you're what they would call a uh straight cisgendered white male christian the most but i do have red oppressive you do have i don't know if they give you any credit for that and i might i try no i think they i think they uh hate irish people just as much as they hate uh any other european ethnicity yeah. Now, now this is interesting because the whole goal of social justice is to save people from their oppression. It's to save them. That's, that's why they make such a big deal about this, right? It's they're trying to save people from their oppression. And, and, and this seems completely backwards from what the biblical gospel is, because the biblical gospel is trying to save us because we have violated God's character not because somebody else has violated our character or perceived violation anyway. Am I on the right track there? Well, you're on the right track, but you're even giving them too much credit because to them, oppression doesn't have to be an actual 
inc- uh, an actual incident. It can be a concept. What you can be, you can have oppression without an imp- uh, without an oppressor. Wait, wait, wait! O- oppression without an oppressor? It- it's just kind of a perceived make believe. All of a sudden, the tooth fairy is my oppressor, kind of a thing. Well, it's it's systemic guilt. It's uh, systemic racism. That there is racism despite the presence of any actual racists. And white people, by nature of being white, and again, we're talking about, I don't even know who they'd consider white, because sometimes white Hispanics are not in that group. Sometimes white Hispanics are. Sometimes Middle Eastern people can be considered. I, I think if you have a conservative viewpoint, spectrum, if you have a conservative viewpoint, absurd. I think you're more white is what they like to say. So Ben Shapiro's mm-hmm. white, but, you know, somebody might not be who is the exact same ethnicity. I, Mixing ethnicity and skin color is just problematic, but it's it's all in pursuit of creating boogeymen. That you need a a boogeyman, you need a scapegoat. So, well, let's group all these people together. What's their characteristic? They have lighter skin. Do they actually have a connection to one another? Well, we're not going to prove that, but they all have a certain skin tone, so therefore they're oppressive. So what I'm hearing is that social justice preaches the wrong bad news. They preach the wrong bad news, which, of course, becomes very problematic because if you got the wrong bad news, it's doubtful that you're going to have the right good news when it comes to uh, the, the gospel, because the gospel is about bad news. We've sinned. We've we've violated God's character. We've earned hell. And then it brings good news. Jesus comes down and he dies on the cross for us that we mm-hmm. might be saved. I mean, that's that, that's the whole thing here. So if you don't have the right bad news, it's doubtful you're going to have the right good news. Um, I'd now, say it's impossible. Right. It's absolutely impossible. So what is the, the good news? Is there any good news in the social justice fake gospel? Is there any good news? Or, or is this no. like a perpetuation? <laughs> it's a perpetuation because the, here's the thing. So going back to those those degrees of oppression, those those intersections of oppression. What happens when you remove some of those? Well, all you do is now shift who the oppressor and who the oppressed is. So the best that it can ever do is to create a new category of oppressor and a new category of most oppressed. So it, because it's humans trying to solve humanity's problem, it by definition can't do it. Our transgressions, our sin that broke this world, that broke us, that caused us to be on a road to hell, cannot be cured by humans. So they're selling you, I mean, they're selling you a bill of goods. They're and they're hoping that you stay via some sort of like Stockholm syndrome where you need them. You need this idea. So it, I mean, it's a lie of Satan. Absolutely. It's a lie of Satan. And it puts people in this perpetual state of oppression. They're absolutely downtrodden. They don't have any good news. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I I mean, one of the things that I would say is that it gets worse from this because (laughs) social justice has then a creed of bitterness and unforgiveness. I mean, this is just 
absolutely ridiculous with this whole idea of it's not just that they have the wrong bad news. There is no good news, but then they put more and more bad news through bitterness. And and, and how dangerous mm-hmm. is that bitterness to someone's soul, Kyle? Well, speaking as someone who reached a point before coming to Christ of just pure cynicism and wanting to give up on the world because there was no hope for it. I, it's deadly. It's deadly. It puts people in a grave. It puts people in an eternal grave only by repenting of your sins putting it on the one who could actually pay for them. Can you be set free? That's right. They have none of that. That's right. And instead, what they have instead of that is that they get racial reparations, um, which you think about that in today's day and age, you know, they're calling for racial reparations. And by the way, these are people like at the Gospel Coalition calling for ra- racial reparations. These are people uh, like in the Church of England, like we, we talked about. I mean, this is, these are real life, uh, real stories that are people are actually calling for these things. And oh, I, mean, yeah. I never owned slaves. I don't know. I, I don't I know. I think I can go back to my great great grandpa. At least they never owned slaves or anything like that. Uh, that I know of. And so we're getting like four or five generations. And I don't know that I have any, I mean, all my, my family, in the United States, all that I can trace them back to is living in Iowa. And yet they're wanting to have racial reparations there. It's, it's this ridiculous concept of just going and perpetuating an unforgiveness, not forgiving, which of course is, is not just dangerous and destroys your soul, just like you pointed out, but it also is one of the, the the first things that we learn as a Christian is that because Christ forgave us of such great things, we too can also be forgiven. Well, Kyle, do you got any yeah, final thoughts that's here? That's the only way that we can forgive others. Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts today before we close out? I mean, the only thing I would add uh, as kind of a closing thought is the gospel of Jesus Christ says that despite the sin you've committed, you can be set free, that Christ has already paid the price. The social justice gospel, the woke gospel, says that you can never be free of the guilt that you inherently bear despite any wrong that you've actually committed. There is an obvious superior one there. Give your life to Christ. Amen. Any final thoughts, Micah? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, if you are listening to this and you want to hear more from us on this topic of social justice and the lack of forgiveness and the Stockholm syndrome that comes along with it, I want to encourage you guys to uh, check out our Wokipedia podcast. You can find it on YouTube, Rumble, wherever, basically Spotify. Um, We're going to talk a lot more about this and you can catch uh, our thoughts there, but there is, uh, there is, 
great hope in Christ. I just want to echo that. That is uh, that is something that we have to look forward to, and I want to invite you to the joy that Christ has to offer, as opposed to this bitterness of social justice. Amen, amen. Thank you, guys. And I want to remind you just what we went over today. The social justice gospel has the wrong bad news. They believe that you are the oppressed one and that you need to be saved from your perceived oppression, but they don't actually go and give you any help. They just make you more and more oppressed. Go continuing down that rabbit hole. And then what happens after that is that they say that, look, you're not to forgive people. You're to go into demand what you, what they think that you should go and have. This is completely contrary to the biblical gospel that we find in Scripture where Jesus Christ came down. He died on the cross for our sin. He died for my sin. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have offended my Savior. He died for me. He was buried. He rose again, providing a way of salvation that is only through him. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I would invite you to do that. Call upon him Ask him to save you from your sin because he always answers that prayer. Thank you for listening to Wokipedia Radio. Wokipedia Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. You can contact us at contactwokipedia at gmail.com. Once again, that's contact, W-O-K-E-P-E-D-I-A at gmail.com. Keep standing for the truth. 